the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So he saved us from death so that he could keep us alive for all eternity, so he could lavish upon us blessing after blessing after blessing. In fact, uh, this promise is made to the children of God in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And it is that hope, that future, that we are focusing on today and all week this week here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we continue our look at 1 Corinthians. We're looking at the benefits of a saint, past, present, and future. And we invite you to spend time with us today. Once again, we are focusing in on the past and what that grace does to us as believers, as saints. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. God is every bit as strong and alert And holy today as he was centuries ago. And sin must be punished, and the punishment for sin is death. In Romans 6 it says, for the wages of sin is death. And then it continues, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, by his work on Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ fulfilled the demands for God's justice by taking the penalty of our sins, that is death, upon himself. And this was God's provision of grace. God's grace does not negate God's justice. What God did is put the punishment that was due us and laid it on Jesus Christ so that his justice might be fulfilled. And that is God's grace. You know, there are Christians today who have sinned and they live under a cloud of guilt that that can be so dark it can rob them of their joy of salvation. They think that God could not possibly have forgiven them this time. I really blew it this time. God God can't possibly forgive me for this. You know, I I think we, we need to understand something. We need to understand that is bad theology. And let me explain to you why that's bad theology. What you're saying, in effect, is there's God in heaven. You do something, God says, oh, boy, Leighton, you really blew it this time. (sighs) Come on, that one caught me by surprise. (laughs) I wasn't expecting this, Leighton. I'm not sure this is part of the deal. That's what you're saying. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible teaches us very clearly, God knows everything. He knows the past, He knows the present, He knows the future. When He saved you... 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whenever it was, he knew the sins that you would commit today and tomorrow and next day if he gives it to you. It's no surprise to God. When he saved you, he already knew all of the sins that you were ever going to commit. He says, I'll take it and I'll put them on Jesus. And that's why it's bad theology to think, God can't possibly forgive me this time. Your sin is not a surprise to God. I need to be clear here because it is appropriate for a believer to experience guilt when they sin. You see, if we don't experience guilt when we sin, we have another problem. You know, we can sear our conscience as as people. 
we can tell ourselves that wrong is right so long that we actually believe it. You tell somebody the light enough and they're going to believe it. We tell ourselves this can't be wrong. It feels so good. And we can actually deceive ourselves. We can sear our conscience. Our conscience no longer has the capacity to say, hey, Leighton, what you're doing is wrong. When we, when we do feel those, those, that sense of guilt, that's a good thing. But we must differentiate that sense of guilt from the, and those feelings from the ultimate condemnation of guilt that, that comes with condemnation, ultimate condemnation. Because that condemnation has been paid for by God's grace in Jesus Christ when he went to Calvary's cross. And it's because Jesus died, we don't have to for our sins. See, the wrath of God was taken from us and placed on Jesus. That's what Jesus said. In John 3.36, Jesus said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth, it continues on him. It's already there, it's just going to continue because you've chosen not to believe in the Son. You know, if someone asks a believer what they've been saved from, often you'll hear answers like, well, I've been saved from sin, I've been saved from hell, I've been saved from eternal death, and the like. And all of those answers are correct. But behind those answers is this truth, that ultimately what we have been saved from is the wrath of God. It's all about God, folks. It's all about God. We have been saved from the wrath of God. Now, there might be some among us, and I would certainly hope so this weekend, that God has brought in by leading the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to you this morning. He wants you to hear this gospel. He wants you to respond. I want to point these benefits out to you. Listen, all of your sins, all the ones you've committed in the past, whatever you're in presently, whatever sins you're going to commit in the the future, they're all forgiven in Christ Jesus. All the guilt, all of the penalties have been taken by him and removed. We can stand before a holy God as though we have never sinned. We can stand before him as though we are holy and guiltless for all of eternity. And when God saves, he, he takes away all of our sin and our guilt and our punishment. And that's grace. And that grace is received by putting our faith in God, believing God. That's what Romans 4, 3 tells us. That's, and the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God. And God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham believed God, and as a result, God considered him righteous. Now, secondly, grace cannot coexist with human obligation. We cannot say, well, God was gracious to me, and he saved me, so now I've got to pay him back. You need to understand something here. Grace is a gift, not a loan. We are totally indebted to God, but there's no way for us to repay Him. We're not saved by our own efforts. We're saved by grace. And and if we had worked in some fashion for our salvation, then it it wouldn't be a gift. It would be something that we are. In fact, if you were to continue reading in Romans chapter 4, you'd say, when people work, their wages are not a gift. If If you're employed... And you get a paycheck once a month or once a week or whatever. The boss comes around and gets you the paycheck. You don't go, hey, boss, thanks for the gift. (laughs) It's something that you've earned. It says when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. You know, I'm reminded of that that commercial. I think it was MasterCard, you know, uh, $5 ice cream cone, you know, $15 T-shirt. An afternoon with your son, priceless. Well, if an afternoon with your son is priceless, 
Think about the grace of God. All of eternity. And how can we pay for something that is uh, priceless? And what will we have to, to pay it with? You know, trying to pay God for what he has done for us would be like, like taking your checkbook, opening it up, and trying to erase the national debt. How much is that? <laughs> it would be like taking out your wallet and showing it to Bill Gates and trying to impress him. My brother told me, he said, you know, if Bill Gates dropped a $100 bill, in the one second it would take him to reach down and pick up the $100 bill, it would cost him $300. The guy's making $300 a second. And we're going to try to impress him with what's in our wallet. There's no way for us to impress God. And if we don't understand that, we don't understand how incredible this gift of grace and God is. The Bible says in 1 John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us. He initiated this relationship. And so it's out of a, a heart of gratitude that we respond to him. Uh, thirdly, grace cannot coexist with human merit. You know, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to other things. You know, according to that, if I was comparing myself with that person, I'm not too bad. But according to the Bible, Isaiah 64, 6 We are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You notice it doesn't say a rag. It says a filthy rag. You see, a rag has value. You can use a rag to clean up. But a filthy rag has no value. It's not even worth putting in the washing machine. It has no value. It's only only value is to be thrown out. And all of our attempts at our own righteousness have as much value as a filthy rag. Now, Ephesians, I'm going to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, because in here you're going to find that there are three reasons the Bible tells us, there are three reasons or three motives for God as to why He has been so gracious to us. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and following. The first thing is that God saved us so that He could bless us. God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So he saved us from death so that he could keep us alive for all eternity, so he could lavish upon us blessing after blessing after blessing. In fact, uh, this promise is made to the children of God in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And those are promises to God's people. And second, God gives us grace for his own glory. Ephesians 2, verses 6 and on. uh, For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. And he has shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. So you see, we were saved for the glory of God. And that's why Paul writes in Ephesians, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to God, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so when the power of God is manifest in the church, which is the people of God, then God gets the glory. And one of the ways that God's power is manifest is when people overcome their tendency and inclination to sin and instead seek God. And then thirdly, God provides salvation through Jesus Christ in order that those who are saved might produce good works. It continues on in the the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you are saved through faith, 
And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so God wants to bless not only his children, but the entire world through his children, even those that are continuing to live in rebellion. You see, when God's children do what is right in God's sight, then the entire world gets blessed. When God's children choose not to steal and to kill and to destroy, then this world is a better place and everyone benefits. So in summary, the Lord's gracious salvation is given for the world's sake and benefit, for his children's sake and benefit, and for his own sake and glory. It is an all-encompassing glory, isn't it? An all-encompassing joy and faith and grace. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to spend with us. We trust it's been beneficial and profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. To review today's program or learn a bit more about us, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You can also learn more about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno when you visit that website. Again, highlands.us. Tomorrow, 1 Corinthians continues here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.